It's a wonderful day, and you're tuning in to the show. Rome is in Manila. This is where I share stories on self-improvement, language learning, motivation, productivity, time management. Name it, and I'll try to have it. Honestly, this sounds a little corny, but you'll be hearing this intro for all of this month's episodes. So just enjoy the sounds of it while it lasts. This episode starts in three, two, one. Hello, Andrew, and welcome to the show. Yeah, hello, Ron. Yes, it's my okay. pleasure to be here. Yes, that's great. Thank you very much. Okay, so how how are you doing today? Ah,、uh, it's great today. The weather is quite good here. Sunshine,、mm-hmm. enjoy everything here. Oh, I see sunshine. Well, yeah, I, I like sunshine too, but I, but I hope it's not too hot. It's not hot in there, is it?、Uh, it's actually pretty hard. It's <laughs> like breaking the record these days. Super、ah, hard. Ah, I see. So it's also like summertime in Taiwan. Yeah, it's summertime. It's yeah. summertime. Okay. Do you like summertime? Uh, yeah, pretty light, but if it's too hard, then maybe not. But I'll try to change myself to enjoy everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see. All right. So,、um, before we begin, I'd like you to have a chance to introduce yourself first. So tell us about who you are, what you do, like in general. Okay.、Uh, I'm Andrew, and right now, currently, I work at the operation data. Analyst in a multinational company.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right now our company、uh, provides a service in Southeast Asia market. Yeah, so that's also why I have a chance to meet Rome and also meet some friends in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. That's cool. Yeah. Actually,、um, Andrew and I met in two thousand. Was that two thousand seventeen? Oh, eight. Eighteen, I think. Eighteen. That was the first time we met. Okay, so yeah, we yeah. met in two thousand eighteen, and then in the Philippines, and then we met again in Taiwan when I visited, and then last year、yeah. we met again in the Philippines, right? When, when you visited、yeah. again for a business trip. Yeah, exactly. Yes, actually, yeah, and actually, Andrew is a very good friend, I think, because whenever we meet, we get to discuss. A lot about different kinds of things. Usually about ideas, right? We talk about、yeah. ideas, and I, I think that's very special because I, I don't have a lot of friends with whom I can talk about ideas. I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of a different sphere that I have in the Philippines. But with you, I, I feel comfortable talking about ideas, and that's why our our theme or our topic for today is about books. Okay, so in general,、yeah. it's about Books and about reading. Okay,、yep. so could you tell us about your reading habits? Like, how often do you read? How many books do you read? Okay, usually right now every year I read about、uh, around like ten to twenty books. Like for last year, I read about eighteen、uh, books. Eighteen books last year. Eighteen、mm. books, yeah, last year. And、uh, usually, right now, in terms of frequency,、uh, usually I would do my reading like、uh, two times or three times a week. And、mm-hmm. right, most of the time is on the weekend. As you know, like as the office worker, we don't have much time. Or、mm-hmm. let's say we don't. Our time is not that flexible. 
So usually the time that I can do longer reading is on the weekend, maybe Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. And uh, in terms of location, I sometimes I prefer to just stay at home doing my reading, but sometimes I prefer to go to cafe. But this one thing comes to mind: I prefer to have a live music playing on the background, mm. which can be really helpful for me to be more focused on reading. Yeah. Mm. I see. And so you read two to three, three times a week, and that means to you like a lot of block of time, right? Like how how many hours do you spend sitting on a book? Like in for one time, for example. One thing is just like the one to two hours. I am not kind of person that can sit for four or six hours during the whole reading. Usually for one to two hours, that I would just like you know like pause for a moment and then just, uh, do the other thing. Yeah, I think uh, that's for me that is more comfortable to uh, do the reading. Hmm. I see and. So for for you are when you say reading, you're strict about it being only reading, like with your eyes, or do you also listen to audiobooks? Ah, uh, you do most of the times just uh, with my eyes, audiobooks. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes mm -hmm. I will use uh, also use the podcast, mm -hmm. yeah. okay. like like your channel, or sometimes I just check the economics on the podcast as well. Oh, yeah. I see. That's cool. That's cool. And yeah, so when it comes to reading, because last year you said you were able to finish 18 books in a year. Um, how do you usually read? Like, do you read one book and then finish it and then you go to the next book? Or do you like read multiple books at a time? You just like get multiple books at a time. So sometimes like, you know, like when I read a book to some pages, then I'll go to the other book. Mm -hmm. So it's like keep exchanging. And I say, sometimes I feel that it's really good to, you know, absorb knowledge quickly from this way. Because you have to change the thing, change mm -hmm. the content, and then change it again back to the original one. Then you, get, you can recap the thing again. So mm -hmm. I sometimes find this is also, for me, it's like, uh, good way to really absorb the knowledge on the book. Mm -hmm. And, okay, and, um, but, w but when you read multiple books at the same time, do they have to be in the same topic or could they be like a totally different things? Uh, I say it depends, um, but usually the book I choose. Uh, the last day for one school is about psychology, business, or history. Yeah, so basically, usually I would mix these three kind of books together to mm. do my reading. Ah, uh, okay. So, so you so you sometimes mix it up. Okay, that's cool. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's about your reading habits, and I, I think that's really nice because I also read a lot of books these days, and. I also mix them up. Sometimes I read about culture and then I read about um, tech. So different kinds of things at the same time. And it's helpful because sometimes when we read books, we get bored. It, it's not that the book is not good. It's just that when we're reading at one particular topic for a very long time, we feel like um, yeah. there's some kind of wall blocking us. So we get to start reading another book 
and then when we feel the same blockage that's when we get back to the other one is that yeah, the same for you okay yeah, okay refresh again <laughs> right okay that's cool all right so let's talk about the books that you've been reading recently so what are the last few books that you've read maybe give us two or three books that are most remarkable to you in the past six months or a year? Okay. Uh, if I can choose three books that I would say, the first one is How to Measure Your Life, this book. Yeah, how this to book. Measure Your Life? Yeah, How to Measure Your Life. Uh, okay. This book is written by the uh, Harvard Business School professor, uh, Kim Van Clayton. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he just uh, passed away this year. Yeah. Mm, okay. uh, However, I think this book is kind of the legacy he uh, lived to his world. And inside the book, uh, I think we can find many insights. Uh, but from my, from my perspective, I think there are two, part, two parts that I would like to share. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one is about uh, how to set a right goal to pursue in our life. Mm -hmm. For example, like uh, inside the book, he mentioned the importance of understanding the value and the purpose of a life. Mm. Just like nowadays, many people just, uh, you know, like setting their goal uh, based on how much fortune they should make or mm. how much fame they should collect. But actually, these are not really a thing to make our life better. Like, for example, like money is more like a tool. Itself is neutral. Mm. It's, it's a tool to help us to find the purpose of our life. So he emphasized that we should actually pay more attention to about the relationship with our family or the time we spend with our children, with our friends. Those kind of things uh, cannot be established in a very short amount of time. We need time to uh, cultivate. We need time to build. So you cannot say we want to do that only we have made enough fortune money. You have to do that like step by step and keep that uh, moving forward. Yeah. So I think the first takeaway from this book is about the how to set a right goal to pursue in mm. our life. Yeah. And the second part is about uh, the discipline. He mentioned the importance of the discipline. Yeah. Um, because the importance of the discipline. Yeah. Because the, you know, like in our life, there can be many, uh, you know, like our life is just like the unending stream of extenuating circumstances. That sometimes we have uh, many excuses for our life. And so, you know, like if once we play, break the promise or the lure we set on ourselves one time, then this call, this hole will only get larger. So you mentioned that it's very important to make sure that we made our promise 100% or make our lure 100% um, right. Otherwise, you know, like if we made one error, then what I should say, make the uh, break the promise or break the lure in one time, then it's highly possible we are going to break it again. Mm. So it's only, um, recommending us to do so, to really discipline our life. Yeah. But from my perspective, I think uh, 
the thing he mentioned about the discipline is more about the uh, more it's more about the lure that we should not touch mm. uh, we should not break something for example like alcohol or the drug those kind of things but in terms of the uh, developing the habit, then I think uh, this can be another topic because, like, sometimes the, the, the habit cannot be built or be mm. changed in one time, in one go. So, sometimes, if, from that perspective, then I, I would say uh, we can change that uh, gradually and mm. improve that step by step. But in terms of something that is highly more impactful, then we should be careful not to break is given in one time. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so that's cool. So that is how to measure your life. So first you mentioned about how to set goals, right? And instead of focusing on money, which is just a tool, we should focus on the relationships that we have because the relationships that we have take time to build. And although actually money also takes time to build, but sometimes you can easily get a lot of money, right? Like, you know, mm, overnight yeah. fortune or something. But that cannot happen with relationships. You cannot yeah. have an overnight relationship. Suddenly, you're very close with someone without even conversing, right? So that's a very good contrast right there that, that's teaching us how we should value relationships more and put in the time and effort for it. And at the same time, you mentioned about discipline and that it's about creating rules that you should not break and doing it 100%. And actually, I agree with that. And there's actually a very popular saying, they're telling that 100% is easier than 98%. Because, yeah, yeah it, it's very interesting. 100% is so much easier than 98%. That's nice. So that's how to measure your life by, I, I forgot the name of the author. <laughs> yeah, I'm Xin Zhang Xingzhan. Uh, Christensen? Christensen. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I'll look it up later. So he, he's a Harvard business professor, right? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Okay, what other books do you have? Uh, the second book is called Inspire. Inspire. Uh, it's written by Marty Kagan. He was the as employee of HP. And right now, he also owns his personal company, uh, which is it's about the consulting, yeah, consultant, mm -hmm. yeah. And inside this book, basically, is about the uh, about the product development, product development. People, yeah, teach people how to do the product development and also how to be a good product manager. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, you mentioned a, a lot about how to improve the whole pipeline, how to improve the culture in, inside the company to make sure that product can be built in a more efficient way and in a more productive way. Yeah, there are many things inside, but here I think I would just like to share the framework uh, this book mentioned. I think this can be very useful. So this framework basically is composed of two parts. The first part is about the product uh, discovery. Product discovery. Yeah, and second part is about the product delivery. And okay. inside the product discovery, there are four, uh, four factors that we have to put into consideration. The first one is about the value. And 
the second one is the usability test, usability. Mm-hmm. And the third one is technical viability. And the last right. one is business viability. So for the first two parts, the value and the usability, uh, I also, I, we can say that it's almost the same thing. So the value means that we get to make sure the product that we make can really resolve the user's problem. Mm-hmm. And the usability is that when the user is using your product or service, they can feel comfortable and easy to get those value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the importance of these two factors. Uh, because if you don't make sure that two, these two factors are met, and then you just take the product out, then once you find this is wrong, if you want to modify that, you, you are going to take more effort to make the whole thing be improved. So it's very important to make sure the value and also the usability is really the one that user like. Mm. And the third one is the technical, uh, technical viability. You can make mm. sure that this thing can really be built by the team. Otherwise, you know, like it, it, it is the imagination, it cannot really be put into practice. And the last one is about the uh, business the viability. Because sometimes, you know, you can build a very fancy product Mm. And people like to use that, but if it costs too much, then if the negative profit, if, if the profit is negative, then it's not, not going to work because you it's going to burn out all the cash in your mm. company. Yeah. And you know, like for me, this the first part is pretty impressive is because you know, like I for my first work, I tried to start a new business with my friends. Mm. So you know, when I read it, when I was reading this book. It's pretty um, uh, straightforward to me and it really remind me a lot of the, the mistake I have ever made mm. uh, in the past years. Yeah, especially about the, the value part. Because sometimes, you know, like uh, for some the startup the founder, they try to build up something just based on their personal the perspective. The thing people would like to use that. But actually, uh, the user's perspective can be quite different from what we saw in the beginning. So it's very important to do the test, use the test in the very beginning before mm-hmm. the product is launched. Yeah. So this is the first part about the uh, uh, product development, which is the product discovery. Okay, product discovery. It's about the product delivery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once your product, you find the, the factor that your you use a light to do, you use a light to use, then you get to build it up. Then there are some factors that we have to put into consideration. The first one is the scalability. Yeah, because if, once you find that your product is good, then you get to make sure that it can be touched and be used by many people. Then the thing that you get to think about if this product can be scalable in terms of the infrastructure, in terms of the system reliability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in addition, we also need to confirm that the performance of the product is the one that we set in the product discovery phase. If you find that the gap between these two phases is too huge, then you cannot really bring the, value, the true value that the customer wants. Yeah. So I think basically this is the framework of the product development. Mm-hmm. First thing is about the product discovery. And the second part is from 
the product delivery. Yeah, I think this can be a very useful tool for anyone who wants to do some project in their company or anyone who wants to start a new business in the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, this is, seems very simple, but actually it can be a very important guideline to remind us what mistake we have made that, and what part we have to improve and modify. Yeah. Mm, okay, that, that's really cool. So it's product development, it's like a product development book, but it's, yeah. uh, its title is Inspire. So yeah, Inspire, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think it's tied to, yeah, I think this title is very interesting. I think probably try to, you know, like try to wake people up to know like what factor really drive the success of, of the product. Mm. Yeah. That's my guess. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so, so from this book, what does it mean to inspire? Because from, from what you've said, it's product, uh, product discovery and product delivery. And when it comes to product discovery, you have to consider uh, value, usability, viability, and business viability, right? So what does it mean to inspire? Like, do you get like a sudden inspiration or um, does he mean when, when the author said inspire, it's actually like digging into something and then discovering, because he used the word discover. I think discover and then inspire could be, could like, they come from different sides. Inspire could be like, sometimes we think inspire is external and then discover is, well, it's, it's also external, but there's you doing something to make something out of maybe nothing. Yeah, I think from my perspective, I think the inspire in me here, it may mean that uh, try to uh, let people know like what better really make the thing doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you know, like for many uh, companies, they they are many cases that they have uh, made the product and they have spent a huge, huge amount of money or resource in that. But later they find out this is really not a product they that the user want. Yeah. So on this book, they just want to give the very first guideline to let people to prevent us from, uh, you know, jumping to that uh, quick mile, jumping to that uh, hole. So mm -hmm. I mean, from the discovery basis, it's very uh, clear that we have to make sure this whole factor should be met. Then once we get this, then you know, it's kind of, we are being inspired to know what kind of line we have to follow. I, mm -hmm. I think it's something more like this from my perspective. All right, all right, all right. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. Okay, so yeah, that's Inspire. It's actually when I first heard the title, I, I thought it was like a motivational book, but it's interesting because it's a product development book. And, and at the same time, I think they probably shared examples about tech, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like a product development and a tech book. Yeah, in the book, you have mentioned that. So basically, this book is about to part of the first part is about the product development, and the second part is about how to be a good product manager. So mm -hmm. about the product manager, you also mentioned the importance of the uh, technical background. Not, not exactly the technical background, but at least we get to have the some bad fundamental skill to uh, 
manipulate your data and to commu communicate with the R&D uh, engineer. Mm -hmm. So inside the book, you also mentioned about the product manager is somehow like a small CEO. If you can be a good product manager, then actually it's a kind of a, a career path to the CEO because for a product manager, you have to take care of not only your project, but you have to take care about the whole concept of the product development. You get to negotiate, you get to communicate with the people from different divisions, like marketing, on the sales, on the supply chain side, from the engineer. You get to coordinate with people uh, around the company. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you also mentioned, emphasize the difference the, between the product manager and the project manager. And for project manager, you just have to finish your project in time. But for product manager, is even a higher view than the project manager. You get to make sure not the project not just be done in time, but also get to make sure the product can be developed in the long term. It can be sustainable. Nothing mm. more like that. Yeah. Oh, I see. So it, it also includes a touch of sustainability. Okay, that's interesting. All right. Yeah. Thank you for sharing the book, Inspire. Okay, how many how many books do you have left? I mean, to share. One? Yeah. Oh, okay. Another, that, another book? or? Yeah, another book. The last book is about, it is a book about the Vietnam War. Okay, yeah, Vietnam War. Yeah. Inside this book, I think the most impressive part of this book is that this book presents the cruelty of the war mm. to warn the people of the terrifying part of the war. But also in the same time, it also shows the very bratty side of the human being to let us know that actually many problems can be resolved with the curiosity part of our heart yeah mm -hmm. so inside on this book i think there can be two uh two to three takeaways that mm -hmm. i would like to share the first one is about how we uh see the challenges yeah because mm -hmm. you know like people, i think most people don't like challenges challenges make us feel so bad but actually you know like in a world if when facing a challenge if we hold an attitude that is very negative, very uh, ear-tempered, that is not going to turn the thing around. So inside the book, the, I mean, the rule in the book actually shows that if we are willing to change our mindset when facing a challenge, actually the thing that we think is very difficult or impossible can actually be turned around. And if we, and if we are willing to show more gratitude to every step of the challenges. Actually, the thing can be turned around easily with every action, with every action that we have uh, contributed. So uh, I think the first takeaway is about the, how we see a challenge and how we use the right mindset and thought mm -hmm. to make our challenge into a blessing. Because you know, like challenge can also be a good way to improve ourselves, to enhance ourselves. It's yeah. kind of the product to know, to let us know which part we are not good enough and which part we have to modify and improve. Yeah. So mm -hmm. this is the first takeaway from this book. 
And the second takeaway is about the lab, like how we use the, uh, the lab to resolve the problem. I think this concept is very similar to uh, the American uh, activist, Martin Luther, mm -hmm. say. Uh, Martin Luther has mentioned that uh, actually the darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And hatred cannot drive hatred. Only love can do that. Yeah. And, and I think inside this book is somehow resonant with the, the word from Martin Luther. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I kind of very agree with this kind of the uh, concept as well. Because you know, like once we use the violence or the hatred to try to resolve the problem, actually the final result is, is only you know, like accumulate more hatred and violence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So actually the, the way to the solution to that is really should be come from the love solution. You get to love your, your enemy, you get to love your opponent. Because once you love them, you are willing to listen to them. And then you can get their standpoint. Mm. And once you know that standpoint, and then you will know the better approach to communicate with them. Yeah, so I think that this is the second takeaway from this book. Mm. Yeah, and the last one, I would say it's about uh, learning by doing. Yeah, learning by is, doing. Yeah, learning by doing. Inside the book, you mentioned the importance of this way because sometimes you know, uh, but it doesn't mean that theory is not important. Theory is also very important. It's kind of a good way to let us know which direction that we have to follow, which direction that we can try, which methodology we can apply. Are the things that usually the reality can be can sometimes be very far away from the theory. So once we catch the main idea of the theory, then when we are applying it, it's very important to let us know how to modify the framework of the theory in order to adapt to the current environment to in order to resolve the problem. Yeah. So inside, especially in the world, you know, like in the world, the situation can be so changeable. Sometimes when you go to the, the other battlefield, the situation can be very different and definitely different from the training camp in your personal country. So in the book, you mentioned about the importance of the uh, learning by doing, that you get to keep learning and improving yourself through this kind of the uh, uh, training or in the world. Yeah. Mm. So that's the third takeaway I got from this book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So basically, wow. the three books. <laughs> All right, so you have three books. Okay, that's interesting because it's a book about a war, perhaps um, an experience of somebody who went through the Vietnam War, right? Yep. Yes, and and fr from that book, you actually learn things like um, changing the way we see challenges and changing our attitude towards it so that we could like, do better about it. And also you mentioned about love being the solution to like most problems. And yeah, in yeah. general, people say that, yeah, love solves everything. It, it could be a cliche, but yeah, it actually does miracles, love um, and sometimes kindness too, right? Love and kindness. And yeah. lastly, you mentioned about, wait, uh, my brain is like- Learning okay. by doing. Yeah, learning by doing, okay. 
yeah you you mentioned about learning by doing okay so it, that's interesting because it's a like historical experience book and you learn this kinds of things from it so it, it's so it's not just like absorbing facts from a some some sort of history book but there's there are lessons that it's also giving you that's awesome Th thank you for sharing so is that all the books that you wanted to share today or is there any other book that you want to talk about? Uh, I think that's only uh, these uh, three books. Yeah, but recently I'm also reading a book called Justice. It's Justice. also from, yeah, yeah it's from the uh, Michael Sander. It's also a Harvard, uh, Harvard professor as well. Yeah. Mm. I think he also opened a YouTube channel as well. Yeah, but I, I just started to uh, read that book. That's because this book is about the how we uh, see the thing that's um, on different uh, judgment. Yeah. Mm. For example, like I haven't finished this book, but uh, I have uh, watched the channel on the YouTube. Mm. For example, you mentioned about when you, uh, this is a question about uh, if trend, if the trend questions. So for example, if you are on the platform and then you have a machine, then you when there's a trend coming, but this this trend is going is going derailed. So it, right now in in that machine you have a choice. You can choose to let the trend go smooth as the original way, but it will bump around like twenty people. But right now if you adjust the variable in your machine, then you can change the track to the other side, but you are going to kill one person, then which choice you you want to make? You want to make? Mm. Yeah, it, it's something like this. It's kind of difficult because you know, like once if you don't do anything, just kill twenty people. But if you make the decision, then you can save twenty people, but you are going to kill that person. But that person actually, he would be all right if you don't do any change on that machine. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's oh. a concept like, yeah, yeah. Wow, okay, that's interesting. I, I'm gonna check that out, Justice. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right, so thank you for sharing about these books that you've been reading. Um, I, I have another question because um, I've noticed that the books you've been reading were mostly in English, right? Yeah. Do you read books in Chinese? <laughs> or do, do you mostly read English books? Yeah, actually, I also so read Chinese book, but in this three to four years, I start to read more books in English. Yeah, because I try to take this as a way to improve my English, and also in a sense, sometimes you know, like what some great books there that are translated into Chinese, some original meaning is actually a little bit different from what I also really want to express. So if I have a choice to, uh get a book in English, then I would choose the original one. But if the book is from the Chinese itself, definitely I would prefer to choose the book in Chinese because this is the book that can really uh, bring out the, the true value of the, the, the user try to get to the uh, reader. Yeah. Mm, I see. Okay. So actually that's very interesting because, well, right now I'm currently learning Chinese for about three weeks now or almost four weeks 
but uh, well, I, I still don't know a lot. But for for me, that's interesting because yeah, reading books in different languages, I think they have different kinds of you know of charisma or like some effects to it. So um, how does the experience differ? Like, how is it different when you read something in English? And how is it different when you read something in Chinese, given that you are a native speaker of Mandarin? Okay, yeah, I think, yeah, because as the native speaker in Chinese, I feel saying reading the book in Chinese is much more efficient sometimes, mm -hmm. because really this is a first language, so you can go through the book in a much faster way. But uh, I, I also think sometimes when I read a book in English, there has some good parts that, because you cannot read the book so fast, so you get to check one by one. So sometimes you can, you know, like regurgitate the content more deeply sometimes, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think this can be one of the difference between the uh, reading the book in Chinese and English, yeah. And also in terms of the uh, uh, of the content, but I think sometimes maybe I, I'm, it's just my personal uh, perspective. Sometimes mm -hmm. the Chinese book can uh, try to express the way in a more the conservative approach. Then sometimes they will not just give everything out um, directly, but to try to use some um, metaphor or figure of speech to express the thing they want to say. Yeah. Mm. But the, the, this concept means the on average, sometimes the English some English book also has has uh, the similar similar approach as well. But I mean on average sometimes Chinese book can be more uh, conservative in in the way to give some uh, content to the to the readers. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Because because for me, in my experience, because, you know, so for me, I, I consider English as like a native language, although like not really. But yeah, so English is convenient for me to read, but uh, I've been learning Korean for quite some time. So I'm kind of high inter in high intermediate. But when whenever I read books in Korean, so there are times when I, I don't really understand everything. But instead of trying to look for words in a dictionary. I just go on reading, even without completely understanding everything, and then just try to get the context out of it. So I, I was wondering if the experience in English is similar for you. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, this is a good point. Yeah, I just sometimes, you know, like, uh, when reading a book in English, I somehow can also face the situation like you mentioned, that you know every word in a sentence. It's, maybe it's like a proverb, or maybe this is the uh, some analogy behind that, but we don't know, I, I don't know that, because this is a, it's not a, more about the word itself, it's more about the culture behind the whole sentence. So sometimes you, you get, you, I, I know the whole word in a sentence, but cannot really get the meaning behind that. And I, I think the same thing also in Chinese, I mean, mm. or maybe in other language, I'm not sure, because sometimes they you every language has their own the culture and their way to give them meaning. Yeah. So I think this is actually a very the most difficult part in reading a book from different language. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it, yeah. it's actually very challenging. Because uh, I started reading 
some novels in Korean, and then I figured, oh, what are these things? Like there are sentences wherein I, I only know the like the nouns and then the sentence endings and everything in the middle are like, oh, these are all gibberish. <laughs> I I understand nothing, but but it's okay. It's a fun experience trying to read something that is not in your native language. But yeah, I, I've mentioned fiction and I, I've noticed that all the books that you've shared so far are nonfiction. So do you yeah. ever read fiction? <laughs> I actually. Most of the time, I don't read so much fiction uh, books. But in terms of fiction movies, then I watched a lot. <laughs> but uh. fiction books, not so, <laughs> not so many. Yeah. I see. Okay, so fiction movies over fiction books. Okay, that's yeah. yeah I think that's easier because, well, if you try to read fiction books, that's gonna take a long time, as compared to watching a fiction movie. Yeah, that's really cool. Because, you know, there are fiction books that are, like, really long. It would take you more than 30 hours to read or even listen. So that's also very challenging. But, yeah, yeah. And, and you wouldn't enjoy it if you tried to listen to it at, like, very fast or if you tried to speed read. But, yeah, yeah. okay. I, I totally understand why you read more uh, nonfiction. Yeah, I Okay, okay, I can actually find the time to give, give it a try, probably. <laughs> mm, yeah, you, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, um, actually, it's it's great catching up with you about the books that you've been reading, and yeah. sharing your like key takeaways from those books. Um, I I think I've also learned a lot today, chatting with you. Um, as for me, I've I've also been reading like different kinds of books recently. There's a book that I've read. It's called. The Order of Time. The Order of Time. It's by a physics um, professor, or I, I think it's a physicist. Like, he's, re he's a renowned scientist in his field. And he talked about the idea of time. And it's a very interesting book. And at the same time, it's very flowery. Like, it's, a, it's like a it's like he's discussing science but using poetry so, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it sounds like that to me also it was because I, I didn't read the book i listened to it it was narrated by benedict cumberbatch you know benedict wow. cumberbatch dr yeah. strange right yeah. <laughs> so yeah it, it yeah. was interesting listening to him talking about time and the perspectives I've got from there was good. Um, there's a very scientific point of view about time, like yep. how they said that there's that now the concept of now doesn't really make sense because, like, when I say now to you, like, what are you doing now? The instantaneous now doesn't exist because your now yeah. is different from my now. Something like that. It's kind yeah. of philosophical scientific and sometimes it goes abstract it's even mind-bending the things that were being discussed but yeah i, I enjoyed reading uh, i enjoyed listening to the book yeah, i think it's quite interesting especially it, i mean time this kind of the same can be widely discussed in many different views yeah okay. and also Anthony also mentioned a lot about it mm. yeah. Especially the relativity theory. 
Yeah, I think mm-hmm. this one is really like mind blowing from the first right. time I heard. Like you mentioned about when the speed is faster, then your time becomes the shorter. That's right. like a, <laughs> um, interview is kind of hard to imagine, but actually it is really easy. Yeah. Right, actually, that's true. And also, there's this idea. I think it's not from the same book, but it's like when you're living a fast life. When you're living a fast life, it's like you're living longer, and when you're living a slow life, you're actually living shorter. It's something like that. There's that yeah. concept. Yeah, something like that. Like, uh, but it's kind of very abstract. It's mm. kind of for. People to not using that that in a very clear way. But think if you, for example, for last year, this one theory also mentioned that for the air flight attendant, usually they can live longer for live longer for about live longer for around like three hours in their lifetime. And because like you know, the, the airplane is faster, yeah, mm-hmm. it's always to keep in a very fast uh, speed. Yeah. So actually, that time is then becomes slower, so you can live longer. Hmm. Right. Right. Okay. So yeah, that, that's the book that I've been reading recently. I, I'm also reading other stuff like about communication, conversations, and stuff, and also about languages. But yeah. Um. Okay. This would be my last question for you. Um. How do you choose the books that you're gonna read? Okay. For me, usually I would get some recommendation from my friend because some of my friends also like reading, and so usually I would get some recommendation from them. And the second source I would, would be come from some famous guy, especially like for example, like Bill Gates. Every summer he would just uh, give the students the student a uh, reading list. Yeah. So for example, like the shoot dog of uh, this book and also the mindset of this book are. Uh, or grab book from Bill Gates uh, reading list, yeah. And but after I got the reading list from my friend or from some of my some of the famous guys, then I would go to a what what what's like uh, the good reader, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good reader. And I would just uh, input the, the book title in the search bar and then check the review review number and also the review itself. Of that book, if the review is high and also the review number is high as well, then mm. probably I would just pick up that up as my next uh, reading book. Yeah. Mm, okay, I see. That's cool. So mostly it's recommended by friends and people of authority that you follow, and then you yeah. you check them out like you search for reviews. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. I I think that's also the same way that I'm trying to do. But right now, since I'm listening to audiobooks a lot, so yeah. I, I don't really get a lot of recommendations from other people. I get recommendations from Amazon, from from Audible itself. But yeah, I, I think it's also good to get recommendations from other people, so that like it's more. I think it's it's gonna be more engaging if it's a friend or someone you. You look up to that recommends a book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So thank you very much for sharing everything you've shared for today. I, I really think those are valuable. There are valuable gems that you've shared today, and I hope that 
all the listeners of this show will also check those books out. We're not selling the books, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those books are really cool. So I, I'm going to check them out myself too. All right. Thank you very much, Andrew, for joining the show for today. And I hope that we get to see each other next time, maybe in person and talk about <laughs> the other books that we are going to read in the future. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you, Rome. Thank you for giving this opportunity <laughs> yeah. to share. Thank yeah. you. Okay. It's a wonderful day, and you're tuning in to the show. Rome is in Manila.